Welcome to Between the Banners, episode 18. My name is Chad Floyd. I am your host, and I am joined by Quentin Schwab from the great upstate of New York. We are here to talk about the Justin Pierce grad transfer and with a roster finally coming together, what the 2019-2020 UNC basketball Tar Heels might look like at this time. Quentin, how are you? Good, sir. I'm doing very well, Chad. Thank you. It's May. It's one of my favorite months, and it's it's a good start to the month for Carolina basketball. It is. It has been a good spring for Carolina basketball, uh, what with now four commits here in the past uh, 11 days or so. You know, just a completely different roster with Seventh Woods announcing his intent to transfer, uh, possibly one more transfer on the way, but Carolina dipping into that grad transfer market, picking up two guys in Christian Keeling and Justin Pierce, along with, of course, Cole Anthony and Anthony Harris as uh, freshmen. So, Quentin, I mean, the first question, you know, Justin Pierce is the breaking news here. What kind of player are the Heels getting in Justin Pierce, uh, the William & Mary grad transfer? Yeah, this is a very versatile player. He was able to pretty much do it all at William & Mary. Didn't play very much his freshman year. Uh, you know, 15 minutes or so a game and didn't score as much. But then he really took off his sophomore year. Last year, he averaged 15 points, nine rebounds, four assists per game. He's the first Colonial Athletic Association player to average 10, 8, and 4 since 1992, which is a pretty good stat. And he somehow only made it his way onto the third team, all Colonial, with those numbers. Uh, he had a slight sh- dip in his outside shooting last season, uh, from about 42% to 32, which is almost an exact same dip that Cameron Johnson suffered from his, uh, final year at Pitt to his first year at UNC. So we've had experience with that type of thing. Shouldn't be too much of a concern. Great all around player. Very, ath- very athletic. Uh, has some hops, has, has some, Good vision, good distribution skills. It's hard, you know, all of this analysis that I'm saying right now is kind of supposed to be taken in a vacuum. It's hard to know exactly how it'll translate to the game, to the, to the ACC. But I'm one of the players, I'm one of the people who is, is more inclined to think that, uh, the levels are a little more transferable. And he seems to be a great player, comes from an athletic family. His parents both were athletes at, uh, Northwestern, his dad in football, mom in volleyball. And it seems to be a great kid. He's saying all the right things. He seems to have identified the need on the Carolina roster that he can fill. And I'm, I'm looking forward to having him. He's, he's going to be a, a good addition, whether it's a, a prominent starter or more of a seventh or eighth type of man off the bench. He, he's going to be a good addition. Yeah. And just uh, to get into the numbers a little bit, he is six foot seven. So, you know, you kind of see him filling that uh, Cam Johnson role, which I think includes on the second team, you know, potentially being a little bit of a stretch four. And what I've noticed is just the rebounding prowess of all of the guys Carolina has brought in. Uh, Christian Keeling rebounded his position well. Um, Cole Anthony was a double digit rebounder as a point guard in high school. And now you get a guy in Pierce who played on the wing pretty much exclusively at William and Mary, but he put up nine boards a game. Um, if he's, you know, if he's going to pencil himself into the starting lineup, he'd probably be the three. But I mean, Carolina is definitely going to again be just very tough to control on the boards. And that is one advantage that Carolina needs. Um, 
Obviously, the biggest thing that uh, Pierce can provide for this team is going to be outside shooting. So to get that percentage back uh, into the high 30s, low 40s is going to be just paramount for the Tar Heels going forward. Um, Quentin, do his numbers against Bear competition? Uh, I know he's played Duke, Virginia, a few others. Um, they were a little bit down. Does that scare you at all, or is that just, you know, a small sample size error and, you know, a factor of his whole team being overwhelmed and, you know, trying to be the lead guy on the team last year at least, um, you know, maybe being the focal point of uh, much more athletic and talented defenses? No, that doesn't concern me actually at all. And it's not just that it's a limited sample size. It's that the two of the four games that I think people are mentioning against power conference schools came within his first 10 games of his freshman season, which he didn't even end up being a key player on his own team that year. So I, I kind of throw those out. Um, what I see more on, you know, from what I have, just a few highlights I've seen is that he's able to exert a physical uh, advantage on the CAA, which is what you want to see. He seems to have a lot of good moves, good counter moves, a, a little bit of explosion, if I could even use that word. Um, but again, it's the opponents aren't ACC defenders, so we'll have to see, but the you point out a good thing about the rebounding. I mean, that is key. Both Christian Keeling and Justin Pierce have great rebounding numbers for guards and, uh, or I guess not forwards, if you, if you want to use that term. Yeah. And, <laughs> and Pierce, Pierce, um, he was 27th nationally in, in defensive rebounds last season, which is, which is pretty unbelievable for us. Guy who's only six, seven. Uh, and yeah, I think. You know, just his very last game at, at it, it was they lost in the quarterfinals of the CAA tournament to Delaware, but he had 26 points, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals on nine of 17 shooting. Uh, it just seems to be kind of a rock solid, uh, do it all type of player on the wing. His numbers against, you know, uh, Louisville in, in 2015 or 16. Don't really concern me. Yeah, I think that's definitely the way to look at it because, you know, for a guy who's in the lower level uh, D1 programs, you know, th those guys are ending up at those programs either because they have major character flaws or major game flaws uh, coming out of high school. And this would be a situation where he developed well. He worked on his game. Um, his improvement from freshman to sophomore and sophomore to junior seasons are exactly you know, what you would see with a typical Roy Williams recruit. So the player development aspect of it, I, I think you're getting junior year Justin Pierce, not freshman year Justin Pierce. So I'm with you. I don't really, you know, I mean, grad transfers have been playing in college. They have been in college strength and conditioning programs. So, you know, they're, they're not going to be deers in the deer in the headlights, deers in the headlights. Um, uh, coming into ACC play, I don't believe. Um, I mean, the biggest thing for me is just roster fit because, you know, Leaky Black is a very similar size, kind of, you know, if you squint a fairly similar skill set, although you would argue Leaky's going to be much more perimeter oriented. But just with the heels kind of having three fives in, uh, well, four fives really in Baycott, Manley, Huffman, and Brooks, and I guess Brooks is going to have to slide down to the four. Pierce really, uh, at six, seven, slides into that uh three four role and in modern college basketball that's absolutely huge. Um 
How much of a factor do you see him being, you know, even if not with the first team, just uh, off the bench as kind of that stretch four? Yeah, uh, he really kind of highlights what was missing off of the UNC roster to this point for next season. He he will slide, it, you know, the, a true wing score. I mean, it, depending on how you classify Cam Johnson, I think as our colleague Jake Lawrence likes to point out, the since Justin Jackson, which admittedly isn't all that much time, got a couple, just two seasons, there hasn't been that true wing score off the bounce. Cam Johnson started to flash a lot of it last last year, but sort of, I, it's sort of that Justin Jackson mold. I, Cam Johnson, that sounds about right. I, that's a little bit too much pressure to put on him because, hey, that's two first-round draft picks in the NBA. Uh, I think Cam Johnson is definitely headed towards late first-round pick. Justin Jackson was 15th overall or so, 20, 20th. So that's, you know, it's a lot of uh, there, pressure right? to put. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of pressure to put on a guy. But whether, but whether it's with the starting lineup or off the bench, he will kind of fill that mold. And UNC didn't, doesn't still, you know, didn't really have an automatic answer at the three. Brandon Robinson is much more of a two. I'm pretty sure he's been on the same strength and conditioning program his whole time at UNC. It doesn't seem like he's going to take a massive leap in that respect. Need a little bit more muscle to play the three. Uh, and he's also 6'4", so you'd, he's you'd six, rather four, him six, five, slide Yeah, exactly. And and the the roster, I guess Leaky is, is really the question. Is he ready off of, you know, had that unfortunate ankle injury right as he was rounding into form as a freshman? came back in a, but in a very limited capacity. It wasn't really meaningful at all. Is he ready to come in and just slide in and be a starter? You know, a lot of people see him in the future as, as the one, as a point guard, which I sort of agree with. But is he ready to go and be the three right then? Or does Roy want to hand the job to Justin Pierce? You know, it, it, this gets into the territory, which we can talk about with graduate transfers and how much you're promising them versus someone who's been patiently waiting for three years like Brandon Robinson. But it might just come down to numbers and positional fits and that type of deal. And you've got Keeling, you've got Harris, you've got Cole Anthony, who's obviously guaranteed to be the starting point guard. But other than that, there's a whole lot to figure out. There is. And, you know, I think instead of Cam Johnson, I'm going to use the pre-senior year Danny Green comp. Uh, just where he's filling up the stat sheet from uh, so many angles. Probably, I, I don't see a clear path for him to be a starter because of the reasons you just mentioned. I think, uh, you know, not, not that Roy Williams isn't going to play the, put the best lineup out there, but I think, uh, Roy, or Brandon Robinson and Leaky Black are going to have the right of first refusal on the wing. But, um, do you think there's a possibility that Pierce could slide in at the four just, uh, given, given the roster construction? Because, if you if you told me that uh it was Anthony Black, Robinson, Pierce and Brooks, I would not be totally shocked. Yeah, that that sounds pretty reasonable. You know, one thing that coach someone with 30 years of coaching experience like like Roy Williams has can do is he'll go back to his what he wants to have with a traditional uh two big man lineup. But then if little bumps in the road come mid-season He'll be able to deploy strategies he's used more so in the last six or seven years than any time prior to that, right? With the small ball yeah. started sort of with PJ, PJ Hairston, uh, in 2012, 2013, that year when he really unlocked, 
um, you know, a lot of potential on that squad. The most potential possible on that squad was unlocked when he went to the, when Roy decided to go to small ball. So I think he'll, Pierce could definitely see a lot of action at the four. Um, I really, the, another one of those X factors, similar to Leaky Black, but even more so is, is Sterling Manley. Like, where is he going to be? Is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to play at 20 plus minutes per game? Or is he going to be someone who is more of a almost Joel James type of role going forward? You know, at, at five, six minutes here and there, but, uh, there's a, it's a lot of potential on the roster. I like, I like a lot. I don't know where this leaves a guy like Andrew Playtech. Um, you know, he's obviously a different position than Pierce, but just sort of the numbers game that, that changes when three guys commit within 10 days. Uh, but it's, it's very promising for the program. Absolutely. And I think, you know, if, if you are building a lineup, you start with the log jam at the five. And I agree with you that Brooks is probably going to be the four in a traditional two big lineup. Um, there you have Manley and potentially Armando Baycott if he comes in and shines, but you, you definitely want to get both of those guys minutes along with Brooks. Um, I would say the crunch time lineup would probably include Brooks at the five. Um, I guess the other kind of tricky question is what becomes of the backup point guard position because you would have to assume Leaky Black probably takes those reins unless Anthony Harris uh, comes off injury. So, you know, you, you, you kind of have these pressures on the lineup from a logjam at the uh, center position and then kind of a question mark at the backup point guard and then everything else just kind of flows from that. W- w- would you agree with that statement? Because, you know, really at the 2-3 you have Robinson Keeling. Um, I would say more at the 3 you have uh, Leakey and Pierce. But then, you know, at least three of those guys are going to start in my opinion. Or at least play extensive roles. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, something that can get figured out probably by even September rather than November in the first game is what are these freshman guards able to offer? And it's kind of interesting. I mean, I'm sure that UNC has had some incoming recruits with very recent uh injuries. And, you know, they're probably slipping my mind right now, but it's in, unusual. I have two in one year who are both coming off of extensive serious injuries. Jeremiah Francis has had two basically consecutive void years where he hasn't been able to play much. And Anthony Harris is coming off of torn ACL, ACL just in December. You know, you give the 12-month, very conservative, cautious 12-month estimate there, and he probably won't be ready to go from the get-go. So Roy will have an idea, and like I said, in September, he'll be able to start taking mental notes of who's going to be able to contribute and who's not. The backup point guard does seem to be uh, a complete uh, unknown, complete question mark. It's sad to see Seventh Woods transfer. Hope him, hope for the best with him. But I, I would, I would bet on Leaky Black. Um, from all accounts, I don't think his ankle, foot injury, whatever it was there towards the end of the season was sort of critical or debilitating going forward. I, I I don't think there's anything to suggest that. So I would think Leaky Black could run the point at for the, you know, six minutes at most that Cole Anthony's not in the game. Yeah, I think it comes down to him and uh Harris, just depending on, like you said, his recovery. I just cannot see a situation in which uh Jeremiah Francis plays uh even – well, a role period. I, I think he's going to have to redshirt, uh, just based on 
getting his legs back under him because he has had a tough go with injuries. Uh, one of our commenters on the uh, Justin Pierce commitment post mentioned that he has not played significant basketball since the Obama administration, which made me laugh. <laughs> um, kind, of, kind of puts things in perspective there. But if Harris is, um, you know, at least physically ready to go, I still don't know that he takes the reins as the backup point guard just because he has been more of a two throughout his career, you know, more of a combo guard. So I think you're probably right that Leakey's going to at least start out the season as the uh, backup point guard, and we'll see where it develops from there. So gun to your head, Quentin, last question, I'll get you out of here. Uh, who's your starting five right now? Uh, the starting five against Notre Dame sounds so weird saying that, even though they're not truly an ACC team, but I've, I've almost accepted them as an ACC team, which will be the season over. So November, whatever the, what, November, whatever the heck that is, uh, I'll guess Cole Anthony, Brandon Robinson, Leaky Black, Garrison Brooks, and Armando Baycott. Oh, I thought you were going to go with Manly for that fifth spot. So a little bit of a, a little bit of a twist there at the end. Um, and I do, I do appreciate a good twist. Um, I think you're pretty close to spot on. You know, I've, I've kind of waffled back and forth as to whether Leakey's going to be the number two guy on this team or a sixth man who's going to be kind of the jack of all trades. So I'm going to, uh, bench Leakey. I'm, I'm thinking we're going to have, uh, Anthony Christian Keeling. B. Rob, Garrison Brooks, and Sterling Manley on opening night. With, uh, Pearson Leakey coming and providing versatility really at the one through four, uh, as the first two guys off the bench. But, um, I can't disagree. Hey, I mean, although I just did before you, I guess. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, you know, agree to disagree to where we both know we can't be right and we can't. And, you know, we're probably both wrong. So, you know, Quentin, Well, listen, I, I could have, I could have sworn that Seventh Woods was going to start this past season over Kobe White, you know, so I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know if Roy is, uh, you know, changed any bit or whether I saw it wrong all these years and just think that I know what Roy is thinking, but I, I would be, it'd be very surprised if both Keeling and Pierce are starting. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I think uh Kobe White starting over Seventh Woods was more about uh Kobe White than it was Roy Williams. Um but you know, what we can definitely expect is some very confusing lineup combinations and rotations in November and December. Um the rotation to get pared down to eight or nine by about mid January and the heels to peak sometime in February or March. That is the MO and we'll you know, it, it's gonna be fascinating to see how it plays out, but What's to say that Keeling or Pierce or Harris or somebody doesn't have a breakout similar to what White had last year? Um, it's going to be fun. Quentin, I appreciate you uh, hopping on to join me real quick so we could uh, get something out there for the people uh, before their Friday afternoon commutes. Um, where can the people find you and what do you have coming to TarHillBlog.com in the near future? Thanks for having me again, Chad. This was fun. I uh, will have something coming out in the next couple of weeks. Not quite sure what it'll be yet. I do have something to plug. It was about 10 days ago. It got somewhat buried because of all the, uh, you know, Cole Anthony 
uh, excitement and Anthony Harris right after that followed right into Pierce just now, but it's, it was a, just a kind of biography on the five Carolina one and done. I'm sure we'll be able to add a six to that in a year from now. And it's just sort of kind of down the middle, a little short bio of their time at UNC and then their time in the pros, how that went. Obviously for Kobe White and Asir Little, I was projecting a little bit how I think they'll do. Um, but it's somewhere there called the Carolina five Carolina one and Duns. If people could want to check it out and that's what I have to plug. And also I'll have something going forward. I'm sure it'll be some related to this roster. We'll try to make sure not to saturate it too much. Each, each writer can submit their own uh, starting lineup. <laughs> yeah. I think we could, uh, pull 13 staffers and come up with about 11 different, uh, starting lineups and about 28 different rotations. Um, but that is a good read. I would definitely recommend y'all go back and, uh, read about Carolina's one and dones because fact of the matter is Carolina's probably going to have three one and dones over the course of two years, which would match their previous output all time. So, you know, Carolina is part of the modern game right now, but still like to have those four year guys in there, uh, developing, contributing and being the core of the team. Um, as for me, I am just strictly on podcast duty for now. Uh, I will be back with Akil Garuparan and Jake Lawrence probably tomorrow with a breakdown of UNC football's, uh, draftees from this past week and, uh, looking ahead to who may get their name called next year. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, subscribe, download wherever you're listening. Uh, leave us a five star review. If you actually write something in the review, I will read it on the air. Um, a good way to poke fun at me if you want to poke fun at Quentin or if you want to just tell us how great we are or how shitty we are. I mean, either way, please do that. It really helps us out. But until next time, go Heels.